Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Meredith. Hi, everybody. How you doing? I'm good. I got a really great piece of hate mail. Um, oh, my God. Slash fan mail uh, over a piece, I, a thing I wrote a couple days ago, and it just is bringing me nonstop joy. So full disclosure, when you sent this to me, I did not see what the subject of the email was <laughs> until you posted it uh, elsewhere. I think you posted it like on Instagram yeah, or something. Yeah, I did. Uh, do you want to tell everyone what the subject of the email was? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, just for useful context here, I wrote a piece that uh, went up on Tuesday um, that was related to that study that found that dogs aren't, like there's not evidence to suggest that dogs are smarter mm -hmm. or more intelligent than other animals that ha share similar characteristics to them. Right. Um, Say like pigs. Pigs, cats, wolves, you know, mm -hmm. like th there's just, you know, you can't compare. And so calling dogs extraordinary or special in some way. And so I jumped off from there and ultimately kind of made a argument for not eating meat anymore because if a dog isn't special, Obviously, our entire metric for judging which animals are good and which animals don't matter is fucked. And which so is, why not give dignity to all the animals? Which is interesting because you're not vegan or vegetarian. No, I've yeah. I've actually been I mean, I'm I've been heading steadily and quickly towards vegetarianism recently, but I have I do still feel like it's not the end of the world. And I'm like to like eating meat isn't itself like necessarily the worst thing, but mm. I totally get the argument and think that like, like industrialized yeah meat yeah industry yeah um, but sure. that also just at a time like this uh, why not think about this stuff and at least recognize that like if you're going to make the decision to do it you should be willing to like accept and that you are setting up ridiculous false uh divisions and a like a silly like a ridiculous hierarchy that allows you to continue to do something that is genuinely harming another creature so right, like right. at least own it if you're gonna do it and <laughs> right, i think like that's like exactly what you're getting into. yeah uh so you know which it was pretty fun i got to include a picture of rosie in the story always good and so i woke up this morning to a uh, email from a nice gentleman. Subject. More panty waste. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's W-A-S-T-E, as in discharge or possibly feces. I'm trying to figure mm -hmm. out, like, okay. you know, not panty waste as in or the both. strongest part of the panty. Right. Uh, the band. As someone uh, yeah. pointed out on the... So um, <laughs> should I do a quick reading of this? Absolutely. I feel like this is great. It says, Absolutely. All right. Jump straight in. All the meat-eating soldiers that died on the battlefield defending this kind of bullshit are twisting in anguish that this is what they died for. God help you, you poor, overeducated little girl. <laughs> Please try to find something positive to contribute. Otherwise, your parents have wasted their money. Social media has given too many people like you a platform to spew panty waste. Go deer hunting, eat some venison, drink a beer, throw your computer away, and disappear. Signed, mm -hmm. a U.S. veteran. Wow. It's very specific advice. Have you hunted deer since uh, receiving the email? I have not. Um, mm. And I have never hunted deer, but my grandfather and many of my relatives in Wisconsin are yes. were avid deer hunters who believed the season, mm -hmm. like, had, you know, was definitely part of the culture. Mm -hmm. um, I've eaten venison. 
enjoyed it at times. I certainly drink beer. Often wish I could throw my computer away and disappear, but it's definitely done. not for this reason. We've all been there, right? <laughs> yeah, it's more like a throw it into the sea and then just ignore the garbage fire mm. kind of thing. But Overeducated I, uh, is an interesting insult, question mark? Yeah, I was like, I'm a poor, overeducated little girl. Also, the it goes almost without saying that there are some serious grammatical errors here. Yes, of um, course. Lots of missing commas and mm -hmm. problems. Uh, also, the idea that it's my parents have wasted their money. Is that like on giving me this too much education? I think, yes, I think it's yeah. implied that they paid for your education and what a waste because this is all that I can now you're come being up with. Yeah, paid to write things, which yeah. is sad for you and them. I uh, I sent it to a friend of mine who's also a U.S. veteran. He mm. uh, you know fought in Afghanistan and is, a, as you might imagine, staunchly against the U.S. military-industrial sure. complex now, uh, and even was then. And he said, "Okay, send me his email later so that I can <laughs> ask him what his MOS was." And I guess that's military operational this specialty. This is my question. I, like, my next question was going to be, "Do we actually think this guy's a veteran?" No, but I uh, he has he already knows what he would like to say to this gentleman. So who knows if this guy will sure. this friend will decide to take the, this up? The dirt. I I felt like leaving it be because I don't need to be responding to to random trolls. Uh, but it was a. If I'm going to get angry emails from people, I will, I want them to be like this. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Uh, it kind of felt like a throwback. Yeah. Because I feel like they're, I mean, I shouldn't say that because depending on what you write, you are inundated with hate mail on the internet. But it made me weirdly nostalgic when I saw your hate mail. I was like, oh, I used to get like five of those a week. I know. I also, of course, and this is a thing that you must be very familiar mm -hmm. with, having been publicly vegan and interested in animal rights for a long time, mm -hmm. uh, that this is what I get for writing a a piece that has something to do with like respecting the dignity of animals yeah. and living things as opposed to all of the times where I've written like serious, like political stories that are really negative on Republicans. Yeah. And it's like, as soon as you suggest maybe people shouldn't eat meat. <laughs> oh my God. It's nuts. And I mean like, listen, I know there are insufferable vegans out there who make everything about veganism and don't recognize the, uh, uh, the the hurdles that prevent people from going vegan, you know, socioeconomic, uh, uh, race-based, you know, hurdles. Why yeah. it's not easy for everyone to go vegan, and it's frustrating for a lot of people when when vegans are very um, aggressive with yeah. their messaging. However, I have to say that stereotype that vegans are always the ones who are a buzzkill. I'm like. Listen, I don't bring it up sometimes and someone finds out from like someone else that I'm vegan and suddenly I have a stranger in my face like so I can't eat bacon and I'm like what the we're fighting? Oh, I know. It's Who like are you? it's like the 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 like weird primordial ooze that evolved into doing shitty things to own the libs. Like doing yeah. something to piss off a vegan is like the original I'm going to like roll coal. Which is funny too because it genuinely does not affect my day. It doesn't make <laughs> me angry. I don't get, you know, upset. So it's lit watching people get worked up cuz they think it's going to bother me. I'm like, dude, eat meat. I don't give a shit. I don't like you don't mean anything to me. <laughs> like maybe I care about the planet and you know how the factory farming industry impacts our climate, but like you eating bacon in front of me does not affect me emotionally at all. 
and it's weird that you are so giddy about it. Yeah, I like mean, it says way more about you than it says about me. Yeah, I mean the people, the people, they be dumb sometimes. They be dumb. Yeah. Uh, so while we're in the pop culture section, speaking of animals, I wanted to talk about: Have you seen the new Pet Cemetery trailer? What? No, I didn't even realize there's a Pet Cemetery remake. Oh, so clearly you weren't uh, monitoring my Twitter feed yesterday. Uh, your girl's tweet got added to Twitter moments. Oh, dear. Because, oh, no, in a good way. Oh, okay. Because of this charming cat. Ooh, what a majestic-looking gentleman. So I posted this, and I said that I found my new Patronus, <laughs> this rough-looking cat, in the Pet Cemetery trailer is just staring daggers at the camera. Oh, yeah. And truly embodies, I feel, 2016 to current. Yeah, I think so. I, it, it definitely, there are going to be a lot of screen grabs in this movie that should Ugh. be eligible for the Twitter account Black Metal Cats. Yes. Which is just photos of cats looking really serious and then, um, like, black metal sounding mm -hmm. phrases I am the darkness yeah it's like the art like satan's armies are amassing or like yes. the winter is when i he's like the winter is when i truly thrive yeah. it's a great account if you don't follow it you should do that immediately but i highly recommend you watch the trailer when you get home i will it's very good it looks like a very good remake yeah. also how did i never know that's how pet cemetery was spelled Oh, yeah. You know how much that used to bother me when I was a little kid? Oh, my fucking God. Is it just supposed to be that they're like uh, backwards people and they wrote the sign? I It's unclear because okay. I thought, or maybe because it was supposed to be like a, a pet cemetery that that was uh, like the kids made the sound. I don't know. I didn't read the book. Okay. I only ever I watched the... I was just the, assuming it was yeah. like someone who didn't have a high level of literacy like phonetically spelling out cemetery. Sure. I'm, yeah. I imagine that's one of those things that like Stephen King explained sure. or maybe well, that tried was part to explain. Of the problem. I, I'd never read the book, so I'd never seen cemetery like spelled <laughs> out like that. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think I ever saw the original movie. Oh, I watched it recently or like within the last year or so. Oh, fuck. Is it bad? Like, yeah, so bad. Sure. Although the guy who plays the dad, the lead, uh, who is also kind of like on an 80s, like a, one of those syndicated 80s sci-fi TV shows. Uh, what a babe. Yeah. Like, so fine. Well, that's something. Uh, and you just watch it and just like, oh, this Little dude, eye candy? Little, yeah, there was definitely... Like, you I always want a little a bit of eye candy. I movie if there's eye candy. Yeah. I saw Venom. Hmm, yeah. Also, it's kind of fun to look up the little kid uh, who's in the first, like the original. Although he's another one of the sad ones where I like, I think he ended up on meth or something. Oh, sad. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. That's kind of what happened to all of them. I feel like that could be a horror movie. Just finding out what happened to all the child actors who were in horror movies. Oh, yeah. I mean. The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. We know. Hey, uh, I mean, but it's not all bad for Linda Blair. She did get to fuck Rick James. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I guess depending on your opinions, that's good or bad. Remember there's an actual serial killer in The Exorcist? Yes, I heard an that. An actor in The Exorcist was a serial killer. Yeah. The guy who is doing the tests on the little girl in the mm -hmm. hospital is a serial killer. You got in real life. Yeah. A serial killer. And didn't Ugh. he kill like a lot of people? I don't remember what the count was, but uh -huh. he was, he was, I almost said the real deal, but that sounds like I'm praising him. 
not praising him, but he was a legit serial killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so also in pop culture news, I wanted to talk about, did you see Busy Phillips? Yes, I sure did. Yeah, so she came out and talked about how... Uh, Back when they were making Freaks yeah. and Geeks, James Franco physically assaulted, assaulted her, her on yeah. set. Like pushed her to the ground. Uh, and also I should mention too, I sort of phrased that like she just started talking about this. She's been talking about this for years but it's in her book that's coming out and so that's yeah. why it's become uh, a, a story again but right yeah so she said that uh quote he grabbed both my arms and screamed in my face don't ever touch me again and he threw me to the ground flat on my back wind knocked out of me the next day he apologized she claims but he was never punished for the attack and the context for this just uh for those who haven't seen the story is that they had a scene like their characters were dating on the show they had a really volatile relationship that ended like that show had a lot of fights in it and there's one there's a couple of scenes where she has to like shove him or give mm-hmm. like a punch him because she's pissed like perfectly normal thing that you you're sometimes acting. have to do when you're yeah. acting in a scene uh but apparently like Franco was caught off guard by it and that's what led him to freak out on her. Yeah. Not um, okay. And yeah. It's not but okay. also she did say something like anyone who's like to all of the haters, like she mentioned, like she said something right away. It became a whole thing. Like yeah. people on set knew and it was just still sure. that he was not given. And she also says like, we're friends now and we like each other now as adults, which I, it pains me so much when women, talk about this stuff and they feel like they have to immediately be like but it's not a big deal i'm like yeah. please don't make it a big deal it like, was 20 years ago yeah. it's not a thing anymore yeah i like get why they do that but i'm also like you don't have to diminish the fact that this guy was a fucking asshole to you and there's no excuse for yeah. his behavior mm-hmm. you know like it sucked he was wrong i'm glad like you've moved on and it's not like festering but you don't have to be like it's not a big deal yeah uh it was a big deal so I wanted to ask you, Meredith, if you have any new recce recs. Um, I think that I've recommended this before, but I finally have been full on binging it and I really need to, can't recommend it enough, uh, especially if you need to pick me up. The new season of My Dad Wrote a Porno. Oh, that's right. You have um, that. It is, I'm finally catching up. There's seven or eight episodes. It's just so good and so funny and People who don't know how to write erotica, writing erotica are just the, best. the greatest gift uh, ever. Um, also, recommendations. Uh, let's see. I have one, speaking of podcasts. Yeah. I started listening to Happy Face. I don't know this one. So are you familiar with the Happy Face killer? Yes. yes so this podcast is his daughter. Talking Ooh. about growing up with him as her father, and mm-hmm. in in sort of hindsight, her dissecting sorry terrible word uh, <laughs> moments where they should have been red flags, but mm-hmm. she was a kid, yeah. so uh, not so much. But like the fact that one time she was holding um, or playing with a cat, and her father came over and picked up the cat and like covered its head and was basically crushing it to death. Yeah. Um, well, that's super interesting because I know when they caught the Golden State Killer, mm-hmm. they it was clear that he had had children and they had grown up and that he had been doing the killing. Most serial killers do that. They yeah. have a family and like a lot of the times like the kids would be like, he was a very loving father. Sometimes, right. of course, they're abusive as well. It's interesting to hear her sort of like 
revise her assessment yeah, of and him as a father because yeah. like at the host is like was he abusive and she was like no I mean not physically well and and that's the thing that's like really interesting that's why I'm I, I'm curious I would be curious to hear more from family members of mm-hmm. people who were responsible for for crimes like this specifically because I want to know what people who decide to jump in and grapple with that mm-hmm. go through and how they look at how they reassess their experiences and with their family. And I know there's plenty of people that don't do that, but I think, you know, it's like good for her for deciding to yeah. get involved and do that. Uh, yeah. I think it's, it's really admirable. And to anyone who's like, she is making a living off of her father's crimes. I'm like, Hey, I feel like you earn the right yeah. <laughs> to, this is her life. Like she has the right to talk about her life. Um, also, I started the latest season of Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, like, okay, the, the start of the season is very weird because it's basically, I don't think this is a spoiler, but it's Susan, a.k.a. Crazy Eyes, uh, point of view. And she's, like, in the middle of a full-blown hallucination. Yeah. Where all of the different storylines are, like, TV channels to her. Um, so it's just a fantasy at yeah. the start of the season. Which is a little jarring. Um, but I really like the device of... So this picks up after the prison riot. Yeah. And there's now a federal investigation of what happened. And basically there are these federal agents like sitting in the cafeteria and they have a board. And they're basically like, we need two people to get a life sentence and four people to get 10 plus years. Yeah. And they're basically just like picking people at random. Mm-hmm. And they're like, somebody has to go down for this because it's a national embarrassment. Uh, and so that's like the the plot of this season, and I'm enjoying it so far. I know this season kind of got some crap from people about mm. not being as strong as the other seasons, and I, it's like definitely not as strong as the other seasons, but I'm enjoying it. That's cool. I um I also have well I have one definite movie recommendation and one that I'm excited about. Do it first off. Holy shit, Mandy! Oh yeah, that movie is incredible and anyone who has the chance to see it in a movie theater in a collective experience should absolutely do that and not stream it because it is so 100% like it's so unbelievably bonkers and beautifully shot for people who don't know what is the plot uh Nicolas Cage and his wife live out in the the woods in the mountains and he's a like lumberjacking they're very uh they're very secluded mm-hmm. it's 1983 his great, wife is a artist year. artist who like who seems to really love that like uh you know metal like heavy metal style like fantasy novels and he's constantly wearing ACDC and and Black Sabbath t-shirts and drawing right. uh and then they have a run-in with a small cult awesome and uh that run-in leads Nicolas Cage to uh go on a massive bender of revenge uh right. which includes things like just stuff so, like the only thing I will say is at one point he forges his own Lord of the Rings looking axe <laughs> um, and and then puts it to use. Oh, this is great. Yeah. It's, I do love how yeah. every eight or nine years or so, Nicolas Cage does an absolutely batshit 
instant cult classic movie. But the thing is, that this one's actually like good. good. Yeah, who wrote and, it? Uh, I don't remember who wrote it. It's this, the it's I forget what his name is now. It's like he did one other movie called Beyond the Black Rainbow. Oh wow, okay. And which also has a sort of like 1980s mental institution, uh, vaguely altered states, but like with like kind of like altered states style like brain stuff, mm -hmm. but also uh, with the same like metal like over the top sensibility. Sure. Um, it's so yeah. By the time the three dudes dressed like uh, a combination of the gimp from Pulp Fiction and a character from Hellraiser ride in on motorcycles. Cool. You're going to be pretty excited. I'm already excited. And then what are you looking forward to? Uh, it's a movie called Apostle, which is coming out tomorrow on Netflix. And it's directed by this guy named Gareth Evans, mm -hmm. a Welsh director who did two movies while he was living in Indonesia, The Raid and The Raid 2, which are both... Dude, that is yeah. still the biggest audience reaction I've ever seen of a film ever. <laughs> like, at one point during The Raid, I, like, will never forget the scene. A dude, like... <laughs> breaks his neck so brutally and the entire audience was silent and one dude just went yo <laughs> and that's all how we felt like we all nodded silently like could not believe i was watching what i was watching yeah so and he's he has like his style yeah lots of violence lots of madness but beautiful lots, like, like so beautiful like if you have not seen the raid it all takes place in one apartment complex the slums, like the very, very poor slums. Of Indonesia. In Indonesia. Yeah. And it's a martial arts film. And it's some of the most beautiful fight choreography I've ever seen in a film. And, like, it, it's a very simple story. But it's surprisingly emotionally impactful. Uh, and, yeah, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. It's so good. So he's making this movie, another horror film. Cool. Uh, this one, it's set in 1904. I was Wastrel type played by Dan Stevens, who, given every choice that he's made in terms of movies since leaving Downton Abbey, bangers, uh, so good, mm -hmm. and also just like I, it it sucks that he's like a real grown up with kids and stuff because I feel like he'd be a ball to hang out with. Like, oh yeah, clearly his taste suggests that we would get along with him. He would. Uh, we would if we hung out with hot movie stars. But he plays a, he has to go search for his missing sister who's been taken in by a mysterious cult. Uh, and cults. yeah, I've been really into cults lately. Um, yeah. But like that creepy kind of cult stuff, not just like, have you I listened listen to, to Nexium? Like, yes. We've it's, talked about yeah. this. Yes. But the, um, there's, you know, Michael Sheen plays the head of the cult, the weird religious leader. And then it's got a lot of like dirt, look like dirty, gross looking torture devices. And apparently cool. gets extremely bone crunching at different moments. So you've got mysterious Wicker Man style uh, search for a missing woman, plus Gareth Evans's visual style and love of over the top violence. And there. like you've sold weirdness. Me, so I am pumped it comes out tomorrow on netflix i already have plans to watch it Ooh, on netflix yeah i'm gonna watch yeah you don't even out of that. have to go to out leave. of your house oh my god meredith like fastest way to my heart uh raid level violence and you don't have to leave the apartment come on hey so guys i guess i should mention this at the top of the show while we're still uh at the top ish anyway um so i'm thinking about slightly altering the format of the show 
I'm thinking about doing interviews less. Yeah. Maybe doing like once a month. Because scheduling four interviews a month is a lot. That would be <sighs> a lot. It yeah. is a lot. It's a lot of extra work for me, especially now where I'm like also searching for another job. Yeah. So I'm just trying to be nice to myself. And also no one has complained that there's less interviews. So I think you guys are okay with that decision. And then like occasionally we'll do characters. Like once it, um, if anybody's inspired and they want to do characters on the show. Basically I'm trying to give myself less work while also uh, doing a five days a week podcast. Yeah. In addition to everything else I'm doing. So uh, let me know your thoughts. Hashtag light trees and pod. I mean, I'm going to do it. Basically, uh, I'm asking for support. <laughs> so, like, don't be like, I really love the interviews. That sucks. Because uh, I'm, I'm changing the format of the show. Yeah. Uh, so, hope you're okay with that. Love you. Guys, it's that time of the show. I mean, depending on how much you love the interviews, this is a good segue. Here's your bad news. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, also, uh, piggybacking off of what I was saying in the pop culture section, uh, if you do appreciate the fact that I do a five-day-a-week podcast for you um, and you don't pay anything for it and you're feeling generous, go to lighttreason.news and uh, hit that donate button if you like the show. Smash it, guys. Smash that donate button. So we talked a lot about the new catastrophic UN report on climate change that just came out. Yeah. Uh, Trump weighed in. Oh, I loved this. No, I didn't. Let's try to figure out what the hell he means by these words that he strung together. Uh, the report, Trump said, was given to me, and I want to look at who drew it. You know which group drew it. I can give you reports that are fabulous, and I can give you reports that aren't so good. I don't even know... I mean, obviously, it's just the same old Donald Trump word jumble where what he wants Ruin? to say is, I don't give a shit. Yes. And uh, fuck off. But, you know, he says, yeah, you know, some is like, some are not so good. It's like, yeah, you know, the ones I was, yeah, drew it as well. It's, it's like, just in. Well, I was like, do his handlers now know that he's not going to read reports? So they just draw a series of I was, pictures? I was going to say, did, if somebody translated the UN climate report into like crayon drawings, it's I wouldn't like be surprised. A crying planet. Yeah. Like, it's this like is the report. And he's Earth, like, I don't like how they drew it. Earth plus two degrees Celsius <laughs> equals frowny face. I even think two degrees Celsius is too generous. Oh, you're probably I right. I don't think they would put any numbers on there. Will you put, would you put the thermometer and then you have it explode, like the mercury exploding <laughs> yes, on the top? Like <laughs> and he's like, oh, I get it. And I still don't like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what Captain Dum Dum said. Um, also, speaking of him just being unhinged and also just like a general fuck you to USA Today. Oh God, this was so offensive. Yeah, I mean, USA Today, don't get me wrong, is a total joke. The only reason they still have subscriptions is because they have direct deals with hotels. I was going to say because you can't, you can't not look at one when you're sitting. <laughs> yeah, like it's the one you trip over when you try to leave your hotel room. You know. Uh, so he uh, recently got to... Um, just print straight up propaganda in us today 
in a column in which he attacks the concept of Medicare for all and stokes fear that seniors um, will suffer because of Medicare for all efforts. And the Washington Post fact-checked this op-ed and was basically like every single statement is misleading or a lie. Yeah, and and not just, I mean, this is, and straight up like talking about how the doubt, like plots the Democrats have and like urging people to vote for Republicans because people are in, like the country is in danger from them. Think, you know, even under the standards of something being an op-ed, it was pathetically yeah. disingenuous and incorrect. I think a lot of, and this isn't just USA Today, but like the New York Times, op-eds, yes, they're opinion, but it doesn't give someone cur blanche to lie in your newspaper unchecked. No, you know? because you can't, you're not supposed, like you have to still be accurate. Like right. your opinion is the thing where you say, I think Medicare for all is bad. All of the stuff you say about why it's bad has to be based in fact. Right. And sometimes it can still be misleading because I'm sure that somebody at the American Enterprise Institute has a perfectly digest, like an easily digestible fact sheet of things that you could use and cite as evidence that Medicare for all is bad. Right. It also wouldn't be true. Yes. But at the very least, you would say, according to the American Enterprise Institute, which has done research on this, blah, blah, Numbers. blah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so... And then, uh, I'm not saying the two things are related, but then the stock market crashed, everybody. <laughs> I'm really, is it, like, I just don't know how it could be related that when Donald Trump actually sounds exactly <laughs> as stupid as he is, everyone starts to freak the fuck out. Um, so this is a, an extraordinary thing. So Brett Kavanaugh, who has been uh, sworn in as a Supreme Court justice, um, believes that, and also I should say, this is also the Trump administration's view, but now a Supreme Court justice is like, yeah, that thing, I agree with that. Legal immigrants, so documented immigrants, yep. um, with criminal records can be arrested and held for deportation even years after they were convicted and completed their sentences. Yep. That is extraordinary in oh, a yeah. terrible way. That like, that... Literally any wrongdoing whatsoever, not even any wrongdoing, because I think that that suggests that there's some reason that people who are convicted of crimes have done something wrong, mm. when many of them have not. Sure. Uh, that any contact with the criminal justice system, any contact with law enforcement or structures that connect to law enforcement could potentially lead to deportation now, right. based on, on what they're saying. And Which, that's absolutely fucking it's terrifying. It's bananas, and I think for people who are who are not born into poverty and are not people of color, it's difficult for us to empathize because we don't understand how if you are a poor, marginalized person, contact with the police is, like, almost inevitable. Mm -hmm. Even if you've done absolutely nothing wrong. So that's, like, an absurd standard to well, have. And most communities that deal with with violence or deal with the, you know, the cops or have uh, like large undocumented populations or large immigrant populations, like you, like they're already avoiding dealing with law enforcement when it comes to being victims of crimes. They're, you know, more likely to be victims of crimes because they're vulnerable and they don't want to call the cops because if you call the cops, you run in a, the risk of, right. you know, being deported. And I mean, that's something that people were talking about when it comes to 
domestic violence cases mm-hmm. and the fear of having ICE in courthouses mm-hmm. waiting yep. to fuck with women who are coming in to try and testify against like, a very, violent partner. What a noble job, right? Like if and once again, if you ever find yourself standing in a courtroom waiting to deport a domestic violence victim, maybe get a new job. Yeah. Well, did you happen to see there's a story in the Miami New Times about a a man he was working construction, a construction job in Ohio, so he was away from his family. He loses his wallet. He gets a telephone call from someone claiming to be a good Samaritan who <laughs> found his wallet. Ugh. He goes to meet them at a rest stop to pick it up and thank them, Aww. and it was actually ICE, and now they're getting ready to deport him back to Argentina. Like, you're a terrorist. Yeah, like, you're conducting sting operations on a fucking construction worker. Uh, Great and job. I mean, this is We're so much safer now that you terrorized that man. Yeah. Who was just working. <laughs> right. I mean, this isn't even, you know, yeah, we're just, they're just finding the w- new and fascinating ways to be as exactly mm-hmm. as the worst as you could possibly imagine. You got that guy who was building infrastructure that we were going to drive on. Yep. Uh, so also in similar news, I'm sure you've seen this, uh, the Associated Press has a story about migrant children who... The AP bizarrely calls it maybe adopted, quote unquote, after their parents are deported. That's just an abduction. Oh, yeah. It's like migrant children. Like, I was like, families may be allowed to legal, like, <laughs> to, f- to put a legal framework around the stealing children Kidnapping. from vulnerable. Yeah. You've kidnapped children. This is like, this is the reason why international adoption has become so unbelievably complex, is mm. because. We like people used to. We would be stealing children who had families, right? Uh, whether they had parents or not. But sometimes parents. This is just oh, we took them from you, and now we're going to. I remember that was like yeah. kind of a big issue when like Madonna and Angelina Jolie were adopting children in third world countries. Well, in countries that were like where it wasn't actually where international adoption was not actually legal, right? So it's like you're stealing kids, and like even if you're very well intentioned and you're like, but I want to give them all these privileges and a good life, like. I understand it comes from a good place, but you are abducting children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's There's no way around it. They well, had a family. And also, even if you say that it's coming from a good place, if your attitude is that it's appropriate to go through with forcing a child, like the said child, to adapt to life with you because you are going to help them, right. like that is, I mean, it just... That, that's like saying, oh, yeah, I like, but I love you. So that's why I sent you to conversion therapy and yeah, like, I heard fucked you up your I life. You. Exactly. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. It's classic, like, abuser logic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, hey, if you really want to adopt poor kids, we have poor kids in this country mm-hmm. who actually don't have parents uh, who would love to be Angelina Jolie's adopted child. Um, you know, I'm talking Angelina Jolie because she listens to this show. She's a big podcast head, everybody. So also in migrant news, um, there's this heartbreaking story in the New York Times about um, a very, very young child who was who came before the bench in federal immigration court. She was so small, she had to be lifted into the chair. Um, and the judge goes, aw. Uh, her name is Fernanda Jacqueline Davila. She's two. Um, two. Two. 
And they have a photo of her, and she's like, "It's the world's most upsetting." She's thing. got her Dora doll that she's hugging. Like, fuck this judge. Fuck anybody involved. How do you find yourself lifting a child onto a chair, and then the judge is like, "How old are you?" Um, do you speak Spanish? So an interpreter bent down to the child and caught her eye, repeating the question in Spanish. Fernandez, uh, this is from the New York Times, mouse brown pigtails brushed the back of the chair, but she stayed silent, eyes big. She's, she's nodding her head, the judge said, peering down from the bench through black-rimmed glasses. This afternoon in New York Immigration Court, Judge Rhonda Zagzu, uh, had nearly 30 children to hear from. Ages 2 through 17, Fernanda was number 26. Like, we're monsters. Yeah. I mean, I don't even have anything substantive to add to that. It's just so horrifying and cruel. And, you know, if you, the, you know, this this baby is never going to be the same. Like her life is going to be screwed up because like, she's been tortured by our government. Doing? Like what? Any other situation? If somebody tried to put a two-year-old ba- on trial, basically, mm-hmm. like, uh, there would be a national uproar. But it's like okay, because these are poor brown undocumented kids, right? So it's all right. It's like a normal thing to do when it's absolutely batshit. Oh, yeah. And, of course, it's happening because we decided that uh, actually adhering to the principles of dealing with asylum claims was not necessary anymore and that there should be a government-sanctioned torture of families. So we don't even have any information about... There's, it's impossible to get reasonable information about this girl's situation because they stole her from her grandmother mm-hmm. and her grandmother was not allowed to, well, was like if she was allowed to make an asylum case or mm-hmm. plead for it, we don't know that that worked. They, but they also put so much pressure on the adults coming through with these children that there's a good chance that she was deported because they didn't feel like there was any other opportunity. Yeah, and her grandmother said like, you know, she's worried about that she might be given up for adoption. And again, that's another way of saying, I'm worried that the state will abduct yeah. her. Well, and, and does it say in peace what happened to her parents? Uh, I don't know. Because I could see the government trying to make an argument about uh, like saying that since if she came with, if she doesn't have her parents, but she has her grandparents, then suddenly she's adoptable because uh, she doesn't like her, her, ties aren't close enough you know it's like the usual yes. thing that and that's definitely stuff that like the government like the u.s government totally allows families to do that now yeah i think they they just talk about the fact that her uh paternal grandparents are back in honduras and they're obviously very distraught um and very worried about her like can you imagine too like knowing your two-year-old grandchild is yeah. like in the court <laughs> system like on her own like terrifying um Wow, that was a lot, guys. Yeah. Uh, but on that note, here is your good news. Mm-hmm. 
Our first good news item is brought to you by Meredith. I was just going to laugh at Ted Cruz a lot, which is always fun. Always a good time. But Meredith just told me uh, that the Washington Supreme Court tossed out uh, the death penalty. And there's just no downside to this good news. Every person on death row in Washington state has had their sent is like getting their sentence immediately commuted to life in prison. And the ruling was quite strong and uh, pointed directly to the fact that it, uh, that the death penalty is racially biased against people of color. So which is like an extra awesome step. Yeah. Well, it's not just, I mean, obviously you hope that, Well, it's always nice when this stuff happens because arguments that it violates uh, the ban on cruel and unusual punishment have not been very successful when it Mm -hmm. comes to like litigating it through the Supreme Court and in also uh, different situations. But saying that it's about that it's applied unfairly is just a really smart, good way to set things up for future criminal justice reforms, recognizing that people who are not white end up having worse outcomes whenever they come in contact with the system. Yes. And also, uh, you know, the law is all about precedent. Yep. And uh, building consensus. So it's really important whenever a state, uh, it, this could potentially not just affect this state. Right. And I mean, it's uh, it's now, I think, the 20th state to ban the death penalty mm-hmm. outright. So... We're getting there pretty, you know, we're slowly but surely making Guys, some good progress. good things can still happen. Yeah. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. It's possible. Uh, the pendulum swings both ways. So things are real bad right now, but they, they can get good again. Yeah. There are still some places that are doing work that seems to make it, yes. you know, at least helping in some ways. Now, let's laugh at Ted Cruz. <laughs> this could be its own daily segment. I love it so much because he's just such a miserable people piece of shit look at his little dumb face oh i hate him so much he's the worst person in the world and that's saying a lot because there's a lot of bad people so uh as we've been talking a lot about a lot on this show uh the ted cruz beto o'rourke senate race it's very close right now ted cruz is still leading i think by nine points he's leading um i don't know what the current polling numbers are, I but think, I know yeah, that Yeah, I think I saw that today that he's still... I mean, you know, all polls are different. Yeah. And everybody has different numbers, but the one I saw, he has a slight lead over Beto O'Rourke. But Beto, like, uh, contrary to a lot of people's uh, predictions, is bringing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is a lot closer than anyone really expected. And there's just a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of opportunity to... The fact that Ted Cruz has been behaving like he has and that PACs are sending as much money as they're sending Mm -hmm. down to help him is really a sign that they're really fucking worried. Yeah, there was an interesting interview with evangelicals who turned against Ted Cruz. Evangelical women, yeah. Because of immigration, Mm. where they're basically like, I don't like the way he's treating these babies. And it's that was nice to see. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the the mental gymnastics white evangelicals uh, will do to be on the right, the quote unquote right side of an issue when they still support so many other terrible things is, is fascinating. But... I will I will take it I will take it if they want to make a brief stop 
doing somersaults uh, on That's despising thing, like, Ted Cruz. We would still disagree on 90% of issues, but at least in this one small way, you're being morally consistent. Yeah. If you claim that you value all life, mm-hmm. you should care about these babies. It doesn't matter that they're undocumented, that they're not from your country, that they don't look like you. Uh, they're human beings and you should care about it. So it was nice to see like evangelicals who were like, hey, this is fucked up, right? Did you guys know it's fucked up? And we're all like, yes, welcome to the party. So uh, my let's laugh at Ted Cruz news is he backed out of a CNN debate with Beto O'Rourke for some reason, you guys. Oh, I cannot imagine why Ted Cruz wouldn't want to stand on a stage next to that tall drink drink of water. water. (laughs) That tall, tall drink of water. Yeah. Um, I, I truly don't know. Maybe he uh, has studied the JFK-Nixon debate. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, every time Ted Cruz talks, he looks like he's about to snarl. <laughs> you know in the Lord of the Rings when Ian Holm went playing? second Lord of the Rings. I know. I'm having no, a day. No, no, I like it. I like uh, it. When uh, Bilbo tries to take the ring back from Frodo his and his face goes, ah! Ted Cruz is frozen like, in that moment. He's, he's about to grab the ring all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a very good comparison. Yeah, I'm so sorry that I just can't stop making references today. It's just been that kind oh, of Oh, you a, never have to apologize for making Lord of the Rings references on this show. Also, feel free to do Harry Potter references now because I'll get them. Ooh. The only reason I didn't allow them before is I was like, I don't get these references. Mm-hmm. I don't appreciate it but uh let's fly now so also in ted cruz news sorry that kind of rhymes uh there's this new ad that's being shown in texas called toughest texas directed and by richard linklater i think uh oh okay yeah is this the one yes directed? yeah yep 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 uh and the ad slams the senator and former republican presidential candidate for his re-election campaign slogan tough as texas so in it, there's um, it features the actor Sonny Carl Davis uh, in character as the Texan he portrayed in uh, the 2011 film Bernie. And Davis says, I mean, come on, if somebody called my wife a dog and said my daddy was in on the Kennedy assassination, I wouldn't be kissing their ass. You stick a finger in their chest and give them a few choice words or you drag their ass out by the woodshed and kick their ass, Ted. Come on, Ted. <laughs> now, listen. Am I pro-toxic masculinity? No. But the fact that truly Trump just dragged Ted Cruz I, for yeah. so long, and he basically was like, thank you, Daddy. Well, yes, the toxic mas- masculinity is bad uh, because somehow it makes it possible to still be a giant bully when you've rolled over yes. like... Uh, yes. You know, like a like a wimpy little weasel. How do you like live with yourself, dude? Like Trump insulted you, your dad, your wife, like in really bad ways, and he just ate it. Yeah, and no that's pride, just, no. zero. I mean, none of these guys have any. So they, no, they that's don't. true. But I feel like Ted Cruz is like beyond. Oh, absolutely. He yeah, he totally is. Yeah. Uh, did I have anything else I wanted to talk to? Oh yeah. Uh, did you see? Oh, yeah. Okay, this was so much fun. So there was a competition. Um, One of the few pure good things in uh, the world. This is so pure. So the Katmai National Park and Preserve. In Alaska. In Alaska has this annual competition called the Fat Bear of the Week. 
And they're not fat shaming bears. Nope. This is actually a really important thing where the bears need to gain as much weight as possible uh, to survive the winter. the winter. Yeah, when they hibernate. hibernation. We all know how hibernation works. And uh, so they they need to store as much body fat as possible. So the preserve has this fun competition where basically they're like rooting for the bears to get as fat as possible. Uh, and it was so pure and it was so sweet. And they were like posting photos, before and after photos mm -hmm. of all the bears. Yeah, they had a bracket. Mm -hmm. They, uh, you know, they had like little, they made some little jokes, yep. you know. And I have to say, most of the bears look great. They all looked a little plump. So yep. that's good. Well, and, and most of the tweets gave you a little bit of a fun fact about uh you know about bears about what they're doing about why this happens how mm -hmm. much bears can eat in a day how many pounds they tend to gain and so the whole thing was educational and now i feel like i know uh i know a lot more about our ursine friends yeah also i think we all want to be bears right uh well this is also the perfect uh companion to the bear cam where you could watch oh, the bears yeah. wandering around mm -hmm. and like you could see them going after the fish and getting fat and like living life. So it's just, this was a real bear summer. I have to say yeah. too, like it was a, a big bear summer. Uh, I, there are very few animals I'm afraid of. Bears are one of them. And, but like stuff like this, the more I learn about them, the more I'm like, bears are really cool. I still think if I saw one like in nature, in person, I would be terrified. Yeah. Which I think is a normal human response. But bears are fucking dope when you watch them, like, on the little cameras and stuff like that. Like, they're very cute. Yeah. So, uh, we have a winner. Beadnose one. Bear 409. Bear 409 really went on an incredible journey mm -hmm. from tiny and quite like he is almost emaciated. And by the end, yeah. Oh, He's yeah. thick. He is thick as hell. And Gizmodo photoshopped a little crown on his head, which I love. So uh, congratulations to Bear 747. And oh, no, no. It's Bear 409 is the winner. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It was, that's 409. Oh, Beat us 409. Okay. 747 was the challenger. Yeah. And there were some questions people seemed to believe oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're calling the winner Beadnose. Yeah. Uh, 747 was the challenger and Beadnose won. Amazing. Congratulations, Beadnose. We love you. Look at thick. Ugh, thick I and just, fine. I'm just so here for any time that tells us, yep, bears, just get out there. Bear, po bear body positivity. Yeah. Hell yeah. You look great. Fat's important. Mm-hmm. When the winter comes, you're going to survive. Well, if you've ever seen a picture of a sad polar bear, you know very well oh, that bears are not skinny. meant to be skinny. That is the when you see a polar bear who's skinny and their like white fur is brown from the mud, yep. it is the saddest thing ever. So you yeah, all we like we really we want to encourage as much bear weight gain as possible. We exactly. want to keep those numbers up. We, we want to keep bears them fat. frolicking. We want our polar bears white as hell. I mean, that sounds racist, but it's not. <laughs> it's about the fur. It's not about race. It's the only time saying that you want something white, white as hell is an acceptable statement. Hopefully that's the only time you'll ever hear me say that. <laughs> um, so in the little bit of time we have left, is there anything else that you would recommend or you're looking forward to or you saw recently that made you happy? Let's see here. What other things have been making me happy? Um... I definitely have been enjoying... Did I get your hot takes? 
Um, I can't remember because I've been asking everybody. Oh, well, which other? Oh, wait, it started with you, right? Yeah, okay. I I remember how. Oh, well, I can add my hot take that I Please. texted you. Remember, like the one where you got you basically head exploded. Oh my god, I remember freaking out, but I don't remember why. So do it again. It was how I told you I've never actually seen all of Mean Girls because I think it like oh the parts god. I have seen are wildly overrated. Oh and, my god, and oh my god, no good. Meredith. Oh my god, Meredith. You, listen to me. You can never, you can never say that in front of Charles. Oh my god, he will actually lose his mind. Uh, oh no, this is this is not I good. I do think so. Mean Girls is one of those things. I was talking about this the other day with someone about Goonies. Okay, because I had never seen Goonies. I mean, and I also got not much, not really that into Goonies. Well, either. here's my point yeah. though. So I got all the way to college, and I was like. I should watch Goonies because it's like very culturally relevant and referenced all the time. And I don't get the references. Mm -hmm. And I watched it and I was like, oh, this is a cute movie. But I had no nostalgic factor with it. And I think if I had grown up watching Goonies, it would mean way more to me. And I think Mean Girls is kind of the same thing. Like, I've seen Mean Girls probably no lie a hundred times because it's always on TV. Sure. I saw it a bunch when it came out. So I think like... Because we were in, like, yeah. college or something, right? Was it that late? Maybe it was that it late. It was, because Lindsay Lohan was, like, 17, and she's four years younger than me, so... Wow. Um, but point is, like, yeah, if I was younger, maybe I would have cared, but I was always a Heathers girl, and I don't... Oh, Heathers is great. But I can't, like, to me, it's, like, an inferior, nice, like, it's a sort of squishier it, it copy, and it yeah, bugs it, me. It doesn't go as hard as Heathers and does. It just, and that just led me to feel like today's youth are just soft and oh, you think are we being molly coddled i'm yeah we're all being molly coddled <laughs> um oh i mean i also can i like once i've done this hot take can i also just put in a recommendation for all content related to gritty the philadelphia flyers mascot oh oh like was it ever funny to you oh no no i love the oh okay Oh, the, oh, oh, this is something that you're wrecking. This is wrecking. a totally different thing. Yeah, I okay. am actually wrecking. I thought you uh, yeah. were saying that it has passed its peak. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, gritty, uh, there's a picture I'm going to show Allison of a baby dressed like Gritty. Holy fucking shit. Um, but also his Twitter account is the greatest thing. And a couple of people, like now that everyone's gotten really into Gritty being Antifa, mm-hmm. like has become the big meme. Like he's pro worker. He's yeah. just that guy. Uh, a couple of people I've seen have, been photoshop like uh tracking music on like coup songs over oh my god gritty like doing things on the ice so (laughs) the best one i saw was uh just 20 seconds of gritty running off the ice to guillotine by the coup (laughs) (laughs) which is a great song yeah but it's pretty amazing and i i just can't stop because i want weird hooligan nonsense all the time i love yeah um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I oh I already recommended season two of Big Mouth is yep. very good uh, have you seen I've seen part of the first season it didn't hook me okay it's very good I know everybody says it's really sweet and I don't know like there's uh, some or it not is, sweet, it's like ultimately sweet but it is I, sweet yeah. like there are sweet moments uh, I'm not gonna say it's uh, not problematic in places yeah. But I do think it is a very, very honest, funny look at puberty. Yeah. And also, uh, I appreciate it because basically, and this is a low bar, but so few shows address it. The fact that girls are as horny as boys. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a thing. And like, and the boys like learn that in the show and their heads explode. It's, it is very funny. Cool. I mean, I'll, I'll certainly, I may... 
Check it out. Yeah. Check it out. Um, is there anything you would recommend to people do over the weekend for like self-care stuff? Mm, I think that hmm. I think it's getting cooler out there. Oh, my God. I saw on Twitter someone in Denver was like they're getting snow soon. Yeah, there was a frost warning in Wisconsin. Bananas. Yeah. But if you're in a an area of the country where it's getting a little chilly out, uh, put on some layers, wear a hoodie. Get under the blankets and like listen to a podcast or read a book. Yeah, I would say try and bust like try and bust out a sweater. Yeah, like uh, it's sweater just season. For like most give of the me country. give me a sweater. I feel like I recommend thinking about that. Just giving it a shot if you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you know, maybe check out if there's any work being done. I mean, honestly. See if there's anything like popping up related to the aftermath of the hurricane that just hit the Florida panhandle. Yeah. Giving a chance to uh, like, yeah, Hurricane Michael. A lot of people are going to be figuring out how to rebuild from that. So Mm -hmm. if you want to give a hand to the the people who are almost certainly Mm -hmm. really struggling, like that's always good. Yep. Um, I don't know why that seemed more useful than like oh yeah take because a bath, it's a good thing to do <laughs> yeah. it's like taking a bath but for also, your soul yeah also like it feels good to help people so uh for sure like um that's actually advice that some therapists give uh clients who are um suffering from depression like you actually do get an endorphin rush if you help someone yeah and it it is a selfish reason to, to help, but it does work. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm having a very bad day, I'm like, I'm going to do something very nice for someone. And yeah. I do feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. That's, yeah. that's great advice. Also, let's just live the way of the fat bear. Oh, yeah. Just live. I mean, come on. We all, we all know about that climate report. It mm-hmm. is important to live like the fat bear right now because mm-hmm. it is time. It is time. And guys, I still want your hot takes and your Hogwarts houses. Hashtag light trees and pod. Those have been very fun to every morning I wake up and there's more hot takes. Oh, like, I love it. I can't handle it. I'm so glad to have been a part of starting this. You were, yeah, at the inception of it. So few opportunities for me to be a hater and actually bring something genuinely good it's out like, of it. I feel like we're yeah. hating in a fun way. I, I still feel like it is very fun. Oh, this is absolutely productive hatred. Yes. Yeah. And please go to lighttreason.news, smash that donate button to keep us going. I know times are tough, so if you can't contribute financially right now, tell a friend about the show. We're a word-of-mouth operation. Um, I see you on Twitter when you recommend the show to your friends. It helps a lot. Also, go to iTunes and leave a nice review. That helps a lot, too, because that'll get us like on the iTunes charts and stuff like that, which gets us new listeners as well. Please follow Meredith on Twitter at Meredith L. Clark. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs>